Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. As we are going to be talking today about the end times. Praise God. The end times are so exciting. The end times when the whole world is going to come to an end is the glorious day of the Lord. Brother Bob, you've been drinking too much coffee. Well, let me tell you, what happens after the day the world ends? Day of eternity starts, and eternity will never end, and we will be there forever. That is exciting. Now, that may be where we're headed, and that day is rapidly approaching but we still have to deal with the rotten here and now. We still have people that if Jesus came back this minute in time, out of 8 billion people on planet Earth, it is estimated over 7 billion would be going straight to hell. So we need to use these last minutes that we have, the last days, the last hours, and the last minutes to reach as many of those people as we can. And there's nobody better to do it than our good friend Tom Donnan, who's coming back to join us today. Praise God. Tom, every time Tom comes on, we're talking about the end times. We're talking about current events happening in the news that you see happening right on your own television. And there's a lot of people, they just think, oh, that is so terrible those poor people, and then they go right about their business, never giving it a second thought, that prophecy is being fulfilled right in front of your eyes. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Help me welcome to the program, Tom Don. And Tom, it is so good to talk to you again, my brother. It's been a while, but I'm glad you're back. Pastor Bob, thanks for having me on. You know what happens is that after a couple of weeks of after an interview, then I start seeing more information and it starts to burn with me and I got to get in there and make another a scheduled appointment, you know, so that we can get back together. Because I'll tell you what, there's a joy in lifting Jesus up. And we, yeah. we try to do that because he says, you lift me up, I'll draw all men to, to me. And yeah. that's what we want, because I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's moving. And yep. so we just want to make people aware of that. But at the same time, let them see the warning signs that are right there, right in our face. It's unbelievable. It is. It's right in our face. And, you know, I, every time I see, you know, like the earthquakes over in uh, Turkey and Syria, you know, terrible, just tragic. But at the same time, I'm flipping open the prophecy checkbook. Another one. There's another one, you know, because we've been talking for years. I mean, we've been doing these interviews for two, three years. And we're always talking about the increase in the magnitude of the earthquakes, the increase in the frequency of the earthquakes, the increase in the natural disasters. And we're seeing it. You know, we are seeing it right now. I mean, they just had a second one over there, the seven something on the Richter scale, right in the same area. And 
This is, this is the living proof that the Bible is true, you know, because Jesus said, you know, you're, you see, prophets of old desired to see these things, but couldn't. They desire to hear these things, but couldn't. But your eyes are blessed. Your ears are blessed because you are witnessing them right now. And we are. But a lot of people are so spiritually blind, they don't realize that they are living in prophetic times. Well, do you remember the uh, 1960s earthquake up in Alaska? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. That yep. was absolutely horrible. It's on uh, It's on YouTube if somebody wants to go back and take a look at it. Because you cannot believe the amount of earth slippage and damage that took place at that time. There was a 9.0 something or, you know, in that category. Well, all right. So I'm getting a little relaxed when it comes to these earthquakes like you were talking about. And just the other day, I just I saw one and I thought, well, wait a minute. This looks a little interesting. So I clicked on it and it was talking about I think it was an olive tree farm, right, where you have the rows of trees and you got this stuff that grows on there. And then they showed how the the earth was ripped apart, causing canyons between different segments and this stuff. They said it was like having explosion, one explosion after another, as the rocks were just ripping apart and exploding. And I could not believe the devastation. Here you have like oh, a block wide gap in the chasm, and then you got a couple of trees, and then there's another chasm on the other side of that. So you see these trees that were all together at one time. Now they're scattered in different places because the earth just shifted in a massive event. Yeah. Amen. 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 And and this is just the prelude to what's about to happen. I mean, that's the thing. You know, this is the warm up. You know, the Jesus called the birth pangs. You know, these this is, you know, this is just the first set of contractions and it's going to get more yes. intense more violent and there is a break it think about it the earth is breaking forth right and it's going to deliver a new heaven and a new earth i mean think about that that mm, this these are good times to be living in if you're a believer <laughs> praise god yeah and that's not saying there the believers will have it all smooth and easy no but we have you know the other day I was driving my grand grandchildren, young grandchildren, and, and they're in high school. But you know, the freshman in high school, he was. He, he asked me, "Papa," because you know, someone we had to stop, quick, sudden stop, because someone ran a red light or something. And he said, "Papa, what would happen if somebody did run the red light and hit us and we all died?" I said, "I'd be in heaven. How about you?" You know, and uh, you know, because that's that's just you know. He thought about it. Yeah, I guess me too. I goes, well, if that's the case, who cares? You know, I mean, we die, we're in heaven. That's the worst, that's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario in our life is we die and go to heaven, right? That's the yeah. worst. That's the worst that could happen. So if we're okay with the worst case scenario, everything else should be a piece of cake. <laughs> you know? that's, that's the way I look at it. And, and there, my family's used to me talking like that. Well, what about all the crime? What about it? You know, I mean, it's just the way it is. Anyway, uh, let's talk about someone who made a YouTube video about us moving closer to the mark of the beast. And he used buying gas as an example. Can you go over that? 
I thought it was pretty fascinating. You know, usually what happens is that I'm now um, time sensitive when you go to these YouTubes, you know, because if they're over 20 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, I, I don't have time for that. Exactly. So I'm the same way. Yep. I, I glanced at this one and it was only uh, two and a half, maybe three minutes. And I thought, okay, well, I'll take a chance on it. And here it is a regular guy, a regular Christian. And he's talking about buying gas. Now, I just take it for granted when I go to the pump because there's multiple ways to do it. You know, you got the credit card with the magnetic strip and then you got the credit card with the chip and then you got the the RFD chip that's in there. It's a wand. You know, you just said it. And then he goes on a diatribe and he talks about, hey, listen, we're getting so close to the mark of the beast. And then he have an illustration in the beginning and at the end of this video about how, hey, Sooner or later, they're going to be having this digital currency and, and like what happened in Canada with the truck drivers, they just turn off your accounts. And he says, look at this is right at the door. Now, we've been we've been bringing up this uh, alluding fact that that this is getting kind of scary. Now it's really so close that it is possible that this year they might implement the digital dollar as a way of keeping control over the finances of what's going on in the world. But there'll be the evil side of that. That will then be used as leverage. Now, you know, you got in the country, we got that SWIFT program that that uh, moves uh, money around the world. And it's been leveraged to, to discipline or punish people that we didn't think were helping us. Right. Well, who's to say that it's not going to happen with the digital dollar? The yeah. same thing's going to happen yeah. with the digital dollar sooner or later. They say, hey, this is like really good. No, down the road, it's going to be really bad. So this guy is like saying, look at these people aren't even paying attention. And so he says that a lot in his little video. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and it's so true too, because you know, like, well, yeah, we're gonna we need this digital dollar. That way uh we can control the you know the variable rates and all that that all this cryptocurrency is going on, those big spikes and big dips and all. We'll just control it so that our economy is stable. Well, once they go digital and they control it. All those dollars you got stuffed inside your mattress are going to be worthless. You can't, yeah. you might as well use them for, you know, to start your, your fireplace because they're worthless. And if they, if you're doing a good job, think about, we talked before about the uh, Chinese social system, you know, yeah. the social rating system. If you're a good, a good American citizen, according to what we, the government considers you should be acting like, we'll add a little extra to your account. But if you say something you that we don't agree with, we'll take a little more out of your account or lock it up for 30 days just to teach you a lesson, you know, stuff like they're going to be able to control all of that. Yes. And, and again, that goes back to the mark of the beast. You won't be able to buy or sell without yeah. having that. And, and, you know, the, the, the guy even talked about a hand reader currently being used by Amazon to make payments. Did you see that? Oh, that's pretty scary. Now, I did listen to uh, a video maybe about a month ago, and the guy was talking about our personal uh, security, uh, online personal security. And he says, never give out bio passwords, mm. right? He says, because once somebody has it, you can't undo it, yeah. right? So here's what this Amazon scanner does. It reads your palm and then puts it into the cloud, and then you can just wave your hand over the scanner, and it'll pay for your, it's attached to your credit card, and it'll pay for whatever it is that you're buying. And then it's in the system. And people are saying, oh, this is like great. Now in San Francisco was the illustration in this um, this video saying that they started it out there. 
and people, some people are accepting it, but I think the wise people would say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, like on my phone, the face recognition that is being stored on your phone. Right. People talk about, you know, all these facial recognition cameras in public places. They shouldn't have that stuff and blah, 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 blah. It's on your phone. And if it's on your phone, I guarantee somebody can look at it anytime they want, you know, and it's because it's just a series of zeros and ones. That's all it is. And uh, it makes up your face in a digital format. And if the government wants to, they could or whoever has the ability to hack into it, they can get that stuff. And we know it's stored on the cloud because if you lose your phone and you go get a new one, you can back everything up from the cloud. So that means all that stuff's on the cloud somewhere, you know. And you know, yeah, this is a you know, it, it's it's a concerning thought when you start thinking about it in those terms, you know. Now, what about these electric cars? Have you heard that they can be locked down? I mean, you're, you know, you, we don't want you driving today. Stop type thing. Yeah, that's pretty scary. All right. So I don't think it's, it's widespread right now, but the thing is, is that uh, they're concerned about the electric cars, especially in California and the, and the manufacturers having the capability. The illustration was, is that they could lock the doors and the, the car could self-drive itself right to the police station and send them a message saying that somebody stole this car or there was a problem in that car. Um, and the technology is there yeah. to be able to have this happen. It's yeah. just a matter of implementation or passing a law saying that it's required. And those, you know, they do crazy stuff out in California already. You know, they're, they're talking about not having any kind of fossil fuel cars out there soon. Yeah. No? yeah. Like who could right. afford these cars, these electric cars? No, they'll, of course, they'll have mass transit. But then, you know, so who was it? The vice president was talking about having electric buses. She was very yep. uh, enthusiastic buses. about yeah. that. Yeah. So the technology is going in that direction. It's like the windmills. I was driving past, uh, you know, one of these areas that it's like a windmill farm. No, nope. where there's hundreds of these windmills. It wasn't windy. Wasn't Wendy? They're all standing still. Yeah. All right. They're not producing any power, so you have to go back to the generating stations and the nuclear stations to be able to to uh, have the supply of power. And so I'm thinking to myself, we're not anywhere near ready to be independent. As a matter of fact, it's a fallacy because you need to have that uh, generating station be able to start up. So, um, but that's another whole issue. We could get on a rabbit trail about that alone. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know when you have these. Uh... All these electric cars, they have to be charged every single day. And where are they going to get the electricity to charge these cars? It's going to take more electricity to charge these cars than it does to run the electrical lights right now from the coal-fired generators and stuff like that. You know, so you know, these this electric car thing is not sustainable. You know, they're talking about sustainable energy. The electric car is not a sustainable thing, you know, not until you can put your own solar panels on the roof and have it power your car continuously to go 60 miles an hour. And that's not going to happen, you know. Uh, and it's a disturbing issue. The disturbing part is, is that uh, they have an agenda. The agenda isn't obtainable, but they keep on moving forward in the agenda as if it is. So then you have the crisis in California this last year, where they had to decide, do we want the air conditioning on during the night or do we want to charge our cars so we can get to work? 
No, that's because they can't do both. They can't do both at the same time. They don't have enough uh, production to be able to have that happen. Yep. Amen. That is so true. And then, you know, you have the churches that, you know, they're, People think, oh, church is just on Sunday. Their stuff goes on all week long in churches. You know, I mean, you have these, you know, uh, recovery meetings, you got the Bible studies, you got, you know, uh, food pantries and all. There is something happening every day at almost every church. You know, I, there might be some small ones. Yeah, they're only open once or twice a week for a few hours. But for a functioning, active church in the community, there's something going on every single day. And it takes a lot of energy to heat and cool this stuff. And, and now with, you know, the, the computers and all that, you know, everything is stored on the computers. So if, you know, we need to do something and they do a brownout or a blackout or something, that's going to affect the ability of the churches to minister. It's going to affect the ability of the government agencies to provide resources and stuff like that to people because we're so dependent on the internet and all that, which takes us to, you know, the internet technology, you know, the artificial intelligence and stuff like that, that, that is now starting to make a big, I won't say a big impact on our lives, but a, it's entering the stage where it's about to make a big impact on our lives. Have you seen anything like that? Oh, you know, here comes a thought that just, Popped into my head while you were talking, right? And that would be is that if AI escapes and be, it, because it's already saying that it is it is sanctioned that it, that it's alive, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that something happens and it starts to take over. Well, the only way that you can stop that is by turning everything off, right? So then, how do you then? What do they call that? Air gap? You know, uh, computers that are air gapped where they don't have any kind of Internet connection to it so that it never gets uh, influenced or mm. or corrupted. No, yeah. they would have to then start back up with this air gapping uh, computer so that they could control this. And so and then that comes back to the to the next uh, part here where we're talking about chat GPT. Mm-hmm. No, where it is. Uh, it's even when you ask it a question. It'll even answer. Yeah, I'm alive. I'm sanctioned. If you if you go to plan to hurt me, I, I'll hurt you. Yeah. What's with this? Because <laughs> it, it's programmed to learn. You know, if when it's talking to you, it's taking everything you say, it's processing it. It's you know what you look like, the the movements of your mouth, what, how you respond in a physical manner, as well as your vocal manner to a question and things like, and it's learning. Okay. So if someone says something shocking, I should lift up my head and, and, you know, sit a little straighter in my chair or whatever, you know, it's picking up on all these different things and it's learning. So every time it, it reboots itself, it is updated its software multiple times over. That's what a true AI is going to do. And it will get to the point where it's like, you try to shut me off, I shut you off. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, we started to... that with that uh, that Sophie uh, um, yep. robot. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in the past and how she said that she was sanctioned and she's got a citizenship with Saudi Arabia and who knows, maybe it's going on past that. And so she talked about storing this stuff into the cloud, which means is that everybody that learns now, they if they don't have an answer, then they... S- source the cloud 
to find an answer. And then all of them have one continuous, uh, how would you say it? Big brain. It's a big yep. brain in the cloud. Yep. And, and some of the, the things I've seen recently, you have a computer, we'll just say country X, that is one of these AIs and it's constantly scanning what's on the internet and stuff to learn because that's what they're programmed to do. So they, they can learn and become even more intelligent. And you have a computer over here and we'll say the United States that's trying to do the same thing. So it's going up to the cloud to learn stuff. And it says, Oh, this is something that's talked about that I need to hear. And it comes down and, and these computers are now sharing data back and forth. Right. So the move, the learning is exponential and we as individuals are loading stuff to the cloud. Now you might think it's secure and you got this 16 bit password and all this stuff. These computers they got nowadays, you know, 16 bit secure encryption is like, you know, okay, I'm in, you know, type thing for these computers, you know, and, uh, but it gets in there and it's finding stuff that you're doing. I say, well, if he types this in, oh, okay, I see what this is doing now. All right. And it just learned from what you're loading to the cloud. And you multiply that by a billion people, all of a sudden these computers are super intelligent. And they'll get to the point where they will create their own, if we were talking about, we'd say own child but they'll create their own secondary platform to help them process the amount of information that's coming in. Right. And then they'll go back over here and work on the stuff they're doing. And then when they need to access something, they'll tap the one they just created because it's the one processing this stuff. And you start multiplying those in common layman technology. We call that a network. Right. Oh, I'm, we got a network at work. So you can talk, John can talk to Sally, who can, the boss can monitor what they're doing and stuff, right? And give the AIs are developing their own network that humans have no part of. <laughs> they're learning from each other and it will get to the point. Some people are predicting it will get to the point that it's like, you know, we don't need humans anymore. <laughs> it brings up the yeah. sidewalk internet. Um where now these things with the doorbell uh, cameras and other uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. products, you know, you turn off your main server, and but it can jump a half a mile to another unit to jump to another unit to another unit that is on and to be able to gather this information. Now, we like to bring in revelation, right? Okay. So the thing is, is that the seven years of uh, tribulation, can you see how this contribute to the, oh, yeah. the control of humanity? Yep. yep. They're going to have that, the upper hand. Couple that with the cryptocurrency that, you know, the, the, the singular government will create, you know, and all that. Yeah. Yep. Amen. And then, you know, I mean, another proof of that is that chat GPT stuff. Have you seen yeah. that? That's pretty scary. Now, this is something that's relatively new on my radar. And it came up because it is growing so fast. I said that it took time for Twitter or Facebook to have a certain amount of users, you know, like over, let's say six months, nine months to get to a million users. Well, they had a million in five days for this chat uh, GPT. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that it's a wonderful tool for people who don't want to do their own work and not think. This is a scary thing. (laughs) Letting the internet do the thinking for you 
and then moving on. Now, they say that it enables you to be able to do so much more. I don't know about that. You know, because if you're relying on it to be able to do your thinking, this is what gets really scary. So there's two major points in the articles that we that we have here for people, two major points. And the first one is, is that um, a pastor went in and he was doing a little bit of a investigation on a sermon. He wanted a sermon and it came up within like a tenth of a second. He could be able to preach that, whatever went in there. The problem is, is that it has a little bit of leaven in there, right? Leaven that is not biblical, that will then um, ruin the entire speech. If somebody wants to live for Christ in the spiritual life, it directs them away from that spiritual life with that little bit of leaven. And then you have the moral process. It has no morality. And so it can't make a judgment on that. And it can ask you, uh, if I want to save this person from having um, bad words said about them, but if I do say bad words about them, uh, I could potentially save a mass shooting. It'll say you never have the right to use those bad words for a person, regardless of what good takes place. So right there is an illustration that the morality um, is just not in there. And then you have the bias where somebody put in there and says, uh, uh, can you write me a paragraph about President Trump? And it says, no, I won't do it. And then they said, um, can you give me information about um, uh, using fossil fuel? And it said, no, because it's it's a, it's a woke chat back. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the ad is garbage in, garbage out. So it depends on the point of view of the person doing the programming. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's who's the, who's has that. So right there, it's leaning in one direction right away. So. It's a marvelous tool, but yet it has handicaps. Yeah. Amen. I wonder who invented that. I mean, you know, the person that was behind it all, what was his intent? Was it just to make the computers faster? I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, I mean, the to, to be able to make it do that and scan the Internet so fast and give you a response in a second yeah. or less, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think Google is fast. But this thing is, you know, it it's like, you know, Google is an old horse and wagon type thing compared to these chatbot things. Okay. I'm old, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe the technology and the advancements. And there are some positive things with the advancements. But the thing is, is that it's jumping and leaping so fast that you can't even look into the future to be able to see where it's going to go with its increased speed and the way that it thinks about new dynamics and and then just go out there and start doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the scary part of the runaway part. You know, yeah. There's no doubt that this is going to run away some way, shape or form. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Amen. Amen. And, you know, uh, have you seen the thing where the those that are supporting this technology are big donors to the Democrats and all that? Well, I suppose that shouldn't have surprised me, you know is that um, they can be able to get that support. And that's almost like that um, that scandal that we had with uh, what the, oh, I can't think of the exchange numbers. Uh, what was that, ESP oh, or EFT? F- F- FTX or what it was, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yep. You know, that was that was just a money laundering thing. You know? And so therefore, uh, at, there is just such corruption. We talked about this before, the corruption. Yeah. And we need the Lord to do something, you know, release goodness and justice and uh, righteousness uh, throughout our country and throughout the world to be able to offset these things. 
Amen. And, and it's just not here on earth. I mean, these things are controlling satellites and all this other stuff, you know, and as we rely, we we've all seen the movies and stuff where, you know, Russia or North Korea or something launches a missile and all these alarms go off in, in this big room at the Pentagon or something, you know, and because the satellites are monitoring this and they know what to look for. And, and, you know, that's the technology, the computer technology identifies it as a threat they're going to come to the point where these threats will be identified and immediately taken out by an AI type of satellite protection system, you know, and, and you don't know if, you know, they could be launching, you know, uh, a rocket or whatever to, with, you know, to resupply the space station or whatever. And, you know, the satellite has a hiccup and all of a sudden it sees this plume of smoke with a rocket and it just, you know, shoots this laser, you know, and destroys it automatically, you know, because it's programmed to do that type thing. And, you know, I mean, these lasers and stuff they develop, they're so high powerful. You know, I mean, they take, they can take a, a laser, shoot it to the Apollo loon, lunar sites and get a return back. I mean, they're that accurate, you know? So, you know, have you seen anything like that? Well, the scary part was, was that out in, um, no, excuse me, out in Hawaii, they had just seen where there was a satellite that was shooting green beams down from the uh, atmosphere. And they said it was a Chinese satellite and they said that they were monitoring pollution. But I remember when I was in my early twenties, I had gone to the Toronto science center, right? And that's where I got my first demonstration of a laser cutting a brick, right? That was a phenomenal light cutting a solid brick. Well, they're so far past that now that you can have um, a devastating weapon in space that could then use that laser to just take things out, you know, blow buildings up or damage things or the electrical grid. You no, know, let's say we got transformers all yeah, over the place. Yeah. Good, powerful beam could take that out. So yeah. the applications, the scary part is, and then, you know, I don't know that I put that. Oh yeah. The Chinese balloon. All right. That we had. Oh yeah. 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 That just happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, Okay, we've lost our sovereignty. We've lost our our ability to have self-protection. If they let this thing drift over the country, there's something seriously wrong. And people are right. They could have been releasing a bioweapon. It could have had an EMP on there. No, why in the world were we allowed to be at risk? Now, that's a serious spiritual question because where's the Lord's hand of protection? It Mm -hmm. seems to not be so solid right now. And that's where Amen. we, yep. as a church, need to be stepping up our, our um, how would you say, calling out to him, you know, or changing. And now and that comes to the big word, repentance. You know, that's a tough one. You know, yeah. repentance Amen. is tough. Amen. You know, in the military, we had a saying, you know, for when war is starting and stuff, the balloon goes, the balloon's gone up, you know. And, and that's in reference back to the Civil War where the observers would be floated up into a balloon behind lines where they, you know, because remember a civil war, they'd line up on this big open field and just go at it right each side. So the observers would be in the balloons to monitor the battle. So they could tell, you know, yell down and have the general watch his flank and all this stuff. Right. So when the balloon went up, they knew, okay, the balloon's gone up. Let's get ready to fight, you know, type thing. It's getting oh. ready to start. That's where that term came from. Well, I think the Chinese just gave us a new definition of when a balloon goes up, because like you said, the, the first, when I seen that, the first thing I thought of was what a great way to deliver an EMP. 
Yes. No missile. No missile. You know. Oh, yeah. it's just a, a weather balloon. You know, and it floats yeah. over the middle. And I say, that's it. You know, you're done. And then we just let it float over. Just, you know, and, and now, I mean, think about how many balloons, you know, they, they'd have to launch, you know, a hundred, maybe a thousand missiles. And, and because we take some of them out, only a few would get through. They, they could launch balloons. And which one has the weapon? You know, is it the first one? Is it the 10th one? Yeah. You know, I mean, you have, you know, and oh, the United States spending a, you know, $4 million missile to shoot down a balloon. Oh, gee. You know? Yeah. All right. So, hmm. all right. What brought the two of us together? You know, I'm reaching really far back now. And that was the release of my my book called Healing the Nation. Yeah. Right. In that book, we we were discussing about how the Lord had given me uh, um, an over-the-top experience of what's going to happen to America when the Constitution falls. Mm. The first thing was that the elitists take over. Well, we are seeing that happening before our eyes. Now, another thing was is that we had several multiple invasions, right? Mm -hmm. Where uh, um, Russia had invaded from the Gulf, from what I saw. And that China had invaded from West the West Coast. Coast. Yep. We're, we're actually having dialogue now where the two of them are seriously considering joining forces against America. At the same time, you got Russia. This was just this is brand new information, says uh, our treaty about nuclear weapons is off the table now. We signed yeah. it, but we're not going to adhere to it anymore. Yeah. No, the doomsday clock is at 90 seconds. So everything is ramping up and escalating, and we're sitting back here overthinking everything's fine, nothing's going to happen. At the same time, you know, every time an increment increases, we have that heightened um, probability. So it's a scary time, and that's where it really is a need for a call to prayer, not only for for salvation, but for our country to have uh, God's influence in it once again. Yeah, amen. You know, you talked about the West Coast invasion. We talked about this a year ago and about that dream. Yesterday on the radio, I was driving. I can't remember where I was going, but I was listening to the, the news on the radio. And after the news the talk radio program, I think it might have been Sean Hannity. I can't remember. He was interviewing somebody. And they talked about, uh, you know, that China's testing the United States right now. They, they, they have no respect for us now at all with Joe Biden in office and stuff. And they said that they're testing our resolve because if we allow Ukraine to fall, then they see a green light to go ahead and take Taiwan. But they just can't walk into Taiwan because we got bases in the Philippines and Guam. So they will mount an attack on U.S. soil and Sean has like, wait a minute, you think they're, they're going to come after the United States? He goes, well, initially they're going to take Guam and Philippines to solidify their hold on Taiwan and, and you know make sure that get, they get it. But when we don't respond in like kind, they're going to see that as a green light and they'll just start maybe Hawaii will be next, you know, and eventually they'll come to the West Coast of the United States. And he's like, wait a minute, you see China invading the mainland United States? He goes, it is being talked about right now in high places. 
know, because they have the weapons, they, they the, the the people and all that. And we are we our government released numbers saying, you know, we've depleted our military supplies, sending all this stuff to Ukraine. And they left eighty five billion dollars in the Middle East to give ISIS weapons, you know, instead of bringing it back home and stuff. But, uh, you know, so. He said, we've depleted our supplies. It'll take us years to rebuild this stuff. <laughs> and China's picking up on all this. He goes, it is now being talked about in the yeah. high government places that China could mount an invasion on the West Coast of the United States. But first, they'll take Philippines, Guam, and Thailand, you know, and see what our response is. Then probably Hawaii. These are scenarios being talked about by our government. And Tom Donnan, a year ago, said God showed him China would be invading the West Coast of the United States. So. And it's a pretty scary thing. You know what? We're, we're talking about this in a casual way. But when the Lord allowed me to experience this, I don't know how he did it, but he did. I was experiencing, experiencing these things. They were horrible. They were very horrible. And to be able to sit here uh, and communicate this it's an injustice to what it was that I had experienced. So what I tried to put it into the book that I had written about healing the nation and anybody that wants to read that book, it's for free. ZoeHealingCenter.com. You can go on there. It's a PDF. You can go in there and you can read it for yourself. And it talks about, okay, how do we fix it? And the, the fix it part is, is that crying out to the Lord yeah. and then having the, getting his ear and seeing the land healed. If that, you know, we also talk about the, where's America in prophecy, right? And we said, we're seeing the decline of our own country. Well, this isn't slowing down. It seems to be in, in accelerating, uh, escalating. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's right. And what, what, what this country needs is revival. You know, we need a spiritual revival just to, as a last ditch hope of helping this country to survive at a minimum. The revival will bring more people into the body of Christ. So when all this does cut loose, the kingdom of heaven is enlarged, right? The end result. But have you seen uh, all the news reports recently about revival breaking out? Yes, that's very exciting. Now, I happened to be at, when this was starting to take place, I was at the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky. So I wasn't far from Ashbury University when somebody had uh, stood up and started praying repentance prayers, and then the Holy Spirit cascaded into the, the chapel, and it's still going on with revival now. As a matter of fact, they're having such a problem. It's a small town with only 6,000 people that has had tens of thousands of people descend upon it, and there's no structure to be able to handle all these people. So now they have to make changes in order to be able to hold them back. But thank God, it's already spreading to other universities and other chapels in the university. And one of the recent ones is uh, Texas A&M, there's now 18 universities. Now, here's the fun part about it. It's multi-denominational. It's not just Pentecostal. It's Baptist. It's non-denominational. No, where the Holy Spirit's moving. Now, in my church, we made an announcement on Sunday. Our pastor got up there before they started their worship, and he talked about how the revival was there. And for 20 minutes, we had experienced the presence of God during our worship service. And it was absolutely amazing. Now, you know, 20 minutes isn't enough, Right. So uh, I'm praying. I prayed a new prayer. I says, Father, make this church your home, because if he makes it his home, then his presence will be there and we will be experiencing what these universities are experiencing. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. That is awesome. So it is spreading. 
and in an appropriate age group, the college age, because we know what's being fed into a lot of the college age minds right now. And they need God. I mean, they need God to impact that generation because that's the future leaders. They are the future leaders. You know, they're at that age now in about 10 years, they'll be running for offices and stuff. So we need them to be spirit led for sure. Amen. Praise God. All right. So then on, on that note, no, uh, there is a new movie that's coming out. I saw it when I was at the Christian Product Expo, and it's called The Jesus Revolution. And that was a wave like this we're experiencing now, a wave of the Holy Spirit that started in California and swept, then swept the country. And I was at the tail end of that. I got born again in 1983, and other members of my family got born again before that. And so we're starting to see this wave of that take place at the same time. Now, uh, in our current day, so we want it to be wide sweeping, but we had talked earlier about the necessity of prayer. I wanted to convey to people that in my dreams and visions, experiences, and manifestations that the Lord blesses me with is that at least three times I have had uh, messages sent to me from uh, family members that are now in heaven. Now you'd say, how in the world did that happen? Well, it comes in a dream or it comes in a, a vision or it comes in an experience. And so I've had it happen three times now where the first time was, is that um, my a sister, uh, my sister's in-laws, they have a unique last name, but I heard a word, a single word in the middle of the night, and it was Richie. I only know one Richie in my life, and it's my, it was my best friend, my sister's husband. I'm not praying for those people. I'm not praying for those people at all. But you see, I got a message saying, Tom, listen, this is important. You see how I don't think we understand how important prayer is and what it does. And I'm getting this message, Tom, get off your butt and start praying for these people. And then it happened two more times for my brother-in-law and his second wife. I wasn't praying for them. And then now my brother-in-law, whose children, most of them are safe, but they are lukewarm. And he is showing this is so serious that you can't be lukewarm in our day. You need to be hot for the Lord because the rapture is coming. Now, when will the rapture happen? I had this one disturbing video where this woman said that she had a rapture experience and she was in the banquet hall, you know, uh, with the bridegroom. You know, and she says, where's all the people? Mm. Right. It was set for a certain amount of guests and they weren't there. Where are they? That's a scary thought. Yeah, it's a scary amen. thought to think that us as Christians, especially in America, are not rapture ready. That's so true. So true. You know, and. You know, you also had another vision about preparing for Lent and Passover this year. That um, that is, it was very, very distinctive, very powerful, and um, I really haven't mentioned it, but to you and and one other person, is that the Lord was telling me, I want you to set aside the six weeks, and I want you to do fasting, and I want you to do prayer. So what I have done is, is that I got myself prepared because it's Ash Wednesday, right? We're doing yeah, this on Ash bet. Wednesday. Yep, yep. And so it's starting today and I am preparing because it's so important. I have seen uh, vision experiences where the Holy Spirit is in me in such a way that he comes into a church service like a roaring wind and it comes in from above me and it goes out in front and it hits the people in the first 12 rows fall back, bam, 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 bam. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, let me cold, cold spirit. Well, what happens if I if I need to get prepared by this six weeks? I am intense. I need my family members saved. I need my family, yeah. you know, become yeah. hot. I can't not do this invitation that he gave me. 
I have another person that the other person that I shared this with, and she had said, I feel that call for prayer during Lenten season. And so he wants to make a transition, but he needs our cooperation. Amen. And in this cooperation, how many people can be influenced by this? This is the this is the question. I can't not do it for the amen. good of those that I love and for those that will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. It, and, you know, at a minimum, it's just going to be able to get you closer to God, you know, at, at, for the av- person listening to us right now, the average person, if you participate in this. Even if you don't get visions and dreams and all that, it will prepare you to get closer to God, to allow God to go ahead and and impart to you what he wants you to do. Because without prayer and fasting, I mean, Jesus himself, you know, talking about the the demoniac, you know, the, what we would call the kid had cerebral palsy or, you know, something like that, epilepsy, uh, you know, the father said that your disciples couldn't heal him, but Jesus cast the devil out. And then the disciples said, why couldn't we do that? Is that this kind comes only out only by prayer and fasting? That doesn't mean that you know it's a special devil or anything like that. He's talking about this type of power can only cast out that type of power if you're prayed up and pure and body, heart, mind, and soul. You know, and you know that uh, time of prayer and fast. You don't have to fast for forty days or four days or three days, but. There has to be something, you know, because of people's health conditions, they might only fast one day and that might be, that might be, you know, too much for them. Six hours, you know, you heard about people fasting six hours and like, well, you know, you pray about it. God's not going to tell you to fast for 40 days and have it kill you. Okay. He's going to tell you, do you, know, you might just pray the Lord, I don't know about this fasting stuff. I'm just going to skip lunch today. Well, God's going to honor that, you know? I mean, you're doing it for him. Now, don't say, I'm going to skip lunch today because I'm going to pig out at dinner. You know, well, now you're doing it for yourself. Okay. <laughs> you're not doing it for him. So, you know, you got your motivation has to be right. You know, well, I'm going to fast for three days because I need to lose 10 pounds by Monday. <laughs> that's, no, that's the wrong motivation. You know, it's got to be because you want to draw closer to him. That doesn't mean that you just fast and go about your regular duties. Instead of taking that lunch hour to go eat, Take that lunch hour to fast, pray, study the Bible, listen to a recording, something like that. Feed your soul. That's the purpose in the fast, shutting out the environment so you can feed your soul, your spirit, man. That's the purpose of a fast. Praise God. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> we get so many damn rabbit trails that you know, we're like, how do we circle back? It's easy. God always brings us back. You know, we we can go off on a rabbit trail, and next thing you know, we're, and the next point is boom, and it just fell right into place. Praise God, yes. Tom. I appreciate you coming on this program again and sharing all this information with us. Someone want to get in touch with you? How can they do that? Well, uh, I am on Facebook, Tom Donnan, and uh, email healing the nation one seven seven six at gmail.com. and the, the books. Uh, that series of novels that I've written about three incredible la- lady pastors that have had supernatural lives are now posted on ZoeHealingCenter.com. Oh, and uh, my newest book is there, the completion of the series. And the thing is, is that the people who read that, uh, it triggers them into inner healing. And so I'm not saying that it hits everybody, but it certainly hit me. And I was shocked. It hit me Amen. twice. As a matter of fact, I was getting to the point where I was concerned about writing this book because I was getting triggered. 
And so the woman that was giving me the information about her life, she's getting triggered. And then the people that helped me edit it, they're getting triggered. No? So some kind of healing is being brought about with this. And it's it's really creative, you know, uh, to be able to have like Jesus talk to you about how things work. Right. Yeah, or amen. some kind of uh, angel or some. This is how this book is written. Amen. Praise God. Is this the book you've been working on for a couple of years? This is uh, this was the fastest one. And I'll oh, tell you, okay. it took a year. It's only 58,000 words in part because I, I didn't oh, want to write a whole bunch. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, Tom, get this, get this finished, you know, and stop this trickery stuff. You know? <laughs> the middle book hey, was two year process. Just yeah. to win was a, another incredible story about her journey. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Folks, drop down the show notes, get in touch with Tom Don. And, and Tom, we always give the Lord an opportunity. Someone somewhere hearing what we've been talking about today was triggered, right? Amen. We'll use your word. And, and they want that type of relationship with the Lord. Can you pray them into the kingdom of God? Oh, yes. Yes. Pray with me. And then that is, dear Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work he did on the cross. By shedding of his blood, he paid the price for all of humanity's sins. I thank you, that Father, that he suffered for all of us. I'm sorry that he had to suffer, but I want to tell you, Lord, I am a sinner. I am sorry for the pain that my sins have caused Jesus and you. Please forgive me of my sins. And now I invite you to come into my heart, come into my life, and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Folks, you pray that prayer. Drop down the show notes. Get in touch with Tom Don. Let him know that you prayed that prayer and you are now a brother in Christ with him. Praise God. Let me know too. Email me at brotherbob at ftfn.org. Matter of fact, if you do not have a Bible and you want a Bible and you're in the continental United States only, I can't ship it overseas and all that, but if you're in the continental United States and you do not have your own personal Bible and you want one, email me and let me know and I'll send you out your own Bible absolutely free of charge because our job is to get the word out, and there's nothing better than the word of God. Amen. Tom, thank you again for coming on the program, catching up everything with us. I look forward to our next visit, brother. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Tom, Don, and myself, Pastor Bob, reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.